Welcome to this week's episode of Unmedicated. This week I brought a topic to the guys asking them what they their opinions on different safety equipment such as body armor or anything for scene safety. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. so fucking awkward bud (laughs) (laughs) okay we love you i don't know dude i will say that you're like your your normal communicating voice and your podcast intro voice are two different fucking people yeah i i've noticed that yeah we'll work on that yeah so what's your topic again (laughs) i forgot already so did he it's okay um what your opinion on different safety standpoints for EMS, such as body armor and scene safety equipment. Are we talking about like guns too? I mean, I'm willing to go into that standpoint if you want to. Sure. Why not? Like, I, I don't know what other states standpoints are on them for EMS. I, don't. I just know Ohio. I'll uh, go first since I think uh, JD will have the most to say, most knowledge to talk, but For the most part, like body armor, I'm all for like having that extra padding to know that even a scene that you didn't, that you thought was safe ended up not being safe. You're safe enough to get out. Um, for concealed carry for first responders or even open carry for first responders, I'm not for there's a lot of people out there that don't need guns. There's a lot of people out there that don't, that aren't right in the head to have a gun. And there's a lot of people in EMS that are not right in the head. (laughs) Agreed. I, we are there to help people. I didn't become a cop. I don't need a gun when I'm going in somewhere to help somebody. I am not trained to de-escalate a person that is armed with a gun. I'm not trained in the mental fortitude of making the decision to pull that trigger. To me, it's, we have been taught since day one, if something isn't safe, you get the fuck out of there. Oh no, I agree with you fullheartedly. That's one of the things that Ohio, I think, does correctly is yes, you can take the specialty class to become a, uh, I forget the specific term for a tactical medic. SRT medic, I think it is. Which I I completely can understand that. Like you have an active shooter situation, you send them in with the SWAT team and they treat as they go triaging while the scene is still active. That can save lives in that sense until they can find the shooter. I, I, Do not mind that at all because you're acting in a police standpoint still with the abilities to also treat people as you find them. I just, it's ridiculous to me to think that having a gun on my hip will make the situation better. No, I, I, we are told to go in there. We don't have to give people over to the cops. We don't have to, if they're critical or whatever, when we're there and it's something that we have to fix, it is our job to be like, Hey, you can ask them at the hospital. You can do whatever at the hospital. 
we go up to people and go, look, I'm not the cops. I'm here to help you. Exactly. And as soon as you have a gun on your hip and they see that, are they really going to believe you? Yeah. I just don't get me wrong. I am all for the second amendment right to carry. I own guns. I am all for that. Protecting yourself and your family and your home. I am all for, but when I clock in on shift, my job isn't to point a gun at somebody. My job isn't to do things with that. My job is to fix bullet wounds, not cause them. Exactly. And, and in my opinion, I, and we've had this conversation before. Yeah. Um, and I agree with one thing that you always brought up is when you shoot someone and then you begin to treat them, you are going to be scrutinized in court over that because did you do everything? Cause yeah, you, I mean, shot you shot that guy. If he dies and you go to court, they're going to look at you and go, well, you're the one who shot him. What should you have done? What could you have done better? How did you not find the exit wound or you shot him twice? You only fixed the one or you're after you shoot somebody, your senses are fucked up. Oh yeah. There's no way you can properly work with that amount of amount of adrenaline and all those things that are going on in you. You you couldn't properly do it, but at the same time you have a right to help. You have you need to help somebody. You, you can't have, just if they're no longer a threat, you're supposed to help them. You have the ethical responsibility to help them at that point. And you're going to get scrutinized like crazy. Mm-hmm. Because how do they know that you did what you're supposed to do? No, I agree with you. I I agree that there should be some separation. I do like the idea of tactical medics. Oh, no, those have a purpose. Those have a reason to be there. And and they're completely separated. We're still on the outside and they just bring them out to us, the victims out to us until they get the scene fully cleared. I mean, I'm I'm not sure how, why, if... how widely they've ever been used or if they've ever been acknowledged very much other than like TV shows. But how many, I'd be curious to see the statistics on how many lives that's saved in a active shooter situation, the tactical medics going in there and bringing them out. Well, that's the thing. Those tactical medics are there primarily for the police officers. Yes. They're not there for the people like, I mean the victims. Yes, but not the people that are doing the shooting. No. They're there to make sure that if a cop gets shot, they're pulling them out, giving them whatever immediate medical attention they need and getting them out to someone else. It has nothing to do with what we do going onto a scene into a house. You say the patient's brother is like, Hey man, thanks for coming to help. Uh, While you're here, look at my gun. Like, look look how cool this thing is. I just got it. Mm -hmm. Like, in what situation are you going to, if you don't have the training, are you going to be like, oh shit, I need my fucking gun. Are you going to put your fucking hand on the holster? Like we don't have the training for that. Mm. And it's really expensive to get the training for that. And no fucking backwoods county system is going to be able to afford to give you a gun and get you the training. No, I agree full hardly. So you're going to have I these mean- fucking wild west EMTs, paramedics running around with guns into scenes, no fucking training. Where does that make sense? No, I, I full heartedly agree. And I like how this went. Like I was open for just about anything. I knew where it was going to go. Yeah, so I, I just d- took it there. Yeah. 
but there comes a point in time where yes we're evolving and yes with the new concealed carry laws coming out yes it's going to be a because there's just crazy people and there's people that know we have drugs and i'm just saying this out loud because i know we've all thought this but they know we have drugs on that truck it's only a matter of time before one of them thinks hey i can hold up that truck and get drugs that i want it's it's as easy as that but the like on the other end of the spectrum i love the safety fact of being able to call the local sheriff department calling the local police hey this is like most protocols have it where if it's a drug related type a call they send police in before you even get there so that yep. they can ensure that it's safe. Those are the situations. Having the safety of the police coming is so amazing. Having that support. But we're run by two completely different fucking departments. Mm-hmm. We're run by the Department of Transportation. Mm-hmm. They're not. They have their own shit. Mm-hmm. No, I full heartedly agree with you. Uh, guns do not have a place on an EMS truck. How long is an OPATA class? Which is the Ohio Peace Officers Training, right? Yes, it it just depends on... Okay, typically. Just a rough estimate. Six months. Yeah. Do you think these departments are going to have the funds to pay for every employee to go through that class, to have the proper training to be able to be in these situations? Not unless you're a big city department. Even those ones, they have way more employees. Yeah. That's going to cost even more when there are, when that city's already paying for the police officers to go through that class. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. There's several people in our line of work that do have cross training. Right. But that was on their own. On their own. That was their own thing. They wanted to do both, which is cool, but even those guys don't bring their guns to work. No, they don't. They don't try to be a cop while they're in EMS and they don't try to be an EMS when they're a cop. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like from the standpoint of the officer side of it. Yes, it is a benefit to have your EMS card for a situation like that so that you can help until EMS arrives. Yeah, First aid. But, but you don't. Most department, police departments don't have a standing protocol with an EMS director stating, hey, you can give these drugs or whatever, so forth, before EMS gets there, because that's too risky for a medical director. But they also have so many internal organizations, like internal affairs. Mm -hmm. They're able to read through what happened, decide whether or not that was a justified thing. At what point do we have to have that to be able to do those things? There's too much to complicate it to make it a benefit, a safe benefit. I would rather tell the person, look, I'm not fucking around with you. I'm going to turn around and walk away. You don't want me here. I am leaving. Mm -hmm. If they get even more irrational, I'm fucking running. There's no shame in running away. It's your fucking life. Exactly. Do I believe... That there needs to be more step up in safety for these crews? Yes, but not towards that direction. No, I don't even think we need tasers. No, no. I'm, I'm like, I, we don't, we don't need things that attack people. That's what the cops are for. Yeah, I, I full heartedly agree with that. That's why when we walk into a hospital for a psych patient, who do they call when they get rowdy? Security. Mm-hmm. They call the people that are there to enforce. I'm not there to enforce. 
I'm there to help. So it, it it's crazy to me to that people are thinking that we should have guns to protect ourselves in in EMS at home out and about. I'm all for you. That is your God given right. You have no fucking clue when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You have the right to defend yourself in those situations. But when you get into EMS, that's you have you're told like look, don't go in those situations. If it happens, run away. Mm-hmm. When you get your concealed carry, like don't they tell you your first thing to do is try to run? Yeah. And then if you can't run, that's when you defend yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is Ohio a stand your ground state? Yes. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Okay. You don't have to retreat anymore. Okay. okay. I didn't know that that changed, but uh, it's, yeah. I don't know. I think if you can specifically train specific people, have the the vetting process that law enforcement has of the psycho examinations, the opata class the various things that are required to be able to have a gun as a cop Mm -hmm. for one or two people in your fucking institution and those are the only people carrying a gun there's still some things that need to have regular regulations so i want to bring up to you real quick just I, i watched a video the other day it just popped up on my news feed and i watched it I forget what state it was, but there's this county that their sheriffs, they are now doing a paramedic police officer. Their their SUVs, in the front half, it is police. In the back end, they have monitors, drug bags, all that equipment. How do you feel about that? I'm just curious because this is a new thing. Because it's adding everything that I've complained about into one. Mm -hmm. They are a cop. They are a paramedic. They have the regulation. They have the training. They have internal affairs. They have the things that regulate what they do. If if Ohio could afford that system, then I'd be okay with it. But we can't. You work at a county-based service. They can't afford that. What, they can only afford to either give you bulletproof vests or guns, right? Not both? More than likely. So they're definitely be- not going to afford the fucking training. Oh, yeah. Tell it like no offense to you, but telling a redneck boy, hey, you can carry your fucking gun at work. It's just not a good idea. No, it's so. OK, so let's switch it up here now. So well, you let's said, give let's hear J.D.'s okay. opinion first, just to, yeah. that way we can get a, a three way going, you know. <laughs> so I agree from both sides of the room. You don't go into situations where you've been invited into a home and the next thing a gun's involved. Not usually, no. Okay. You have been in situations like that. Close to, at least. Unfortunately, it's just sometimes it happens in a 911 where stuff happens when you get on scene that you didn't expect. You don't agree with guns in EMS. You sort of agree with EMS. Uh, To an extent. With the proper training. I'm in agreeing with that. That's where I'm at with him. Because I totally agree with proper training. So... It doesn't have to be everybody on shift. I don't think so either. The, the the guy in charge on shift on a 911 EMS system should absolutely be able to. I agree. As long as he's got the training and has some kind of regulation behind it. Yeah. 
I do know I that I don't think a fucking eight hour concealed carry class is enough no, for that. No, no, absolutely not. I, I fully heartedly agree with that. Especially since cops have to go through an entire OPATA class, which is six weeks of visual training on a on some kind of game looking projector where they have to decide, do they shoot this person? Shoot, don't are shoot they not? Scenario. Are they not a threat? Are they a threat? we would have to go through that too for it to be even feasible. And I agree with that. I, yes. And I don't want viewers to think that it's me against you on this. Cause it sounds like we're all pretty much in agreement. Yes. It's because what was it? We looked up Ohio's laws here a while back on it after a debate we had in Ohio, you cannot have them on an EMS truck. You can only use them if you're with a law enforcement. No per Ohio, it has to be, an SRT unit. Yes. It has to specifically be an SRT unit. Okay. So you, your county's not going to afford a unit. No, no. I'm not saying it is at all. And your, I'm not, your fire department's not going to be able to afford a unit if that's something they that can't they can't afford bulletproof vest. I have to take my own to work. Exactly. Because like, I've been in a couple situations where I'm like, okay, I need a vest. I asked my chief for a vest. I did not get a vest. Because your city does the first responding yeah. for your city before county gets there. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's so much that would go into it that it nowhere's going to find it worth it. And if they decide to do it without doing what they need to do, it's going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. You're going to have people killing people for no reason. You're going to have all of these issues that we already see in the public come to a place that is supposed to be the place saving people. Oh, no, I fully agree. I, I agree with that standpoint. There would have to be more training, and I fully agree with Ohio on that standpoint that you should have that training to be able to do something like that. So, anything else to add? On the flip side of the whole situation, you're going to rely on cops. I mean, no, nothing against them. I I absolutely love the guys at the police department next to me. They're awesome dudes. I'll hang out with them outside work if they, you know, if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. I talk to them during work. I invite them over to the fire department all the time to come over and have lunch or whatever. Is it donuts? No. <laughs> but that's always seems to be the hazing between firefighters and police officers. But one of the situations that I was in, they wanted us to go in before they did. They stood outside and did nothing mm-hmm. because they were scared. World's biggest no-no. I ain't touching a scene until the cop tells me it's safe. We were invited into the home. Oh, I know the scenario you're talking about. Yeah. We were invited into the home by a resident of that residence. Right. And met with a firearm. At no point, if you if you tell a cop that you're not going in there until they go in there, I'm not going in there, and that's going in my documentation. Yeah, they showed up, stood outside, did nothing after I told them. I was like, hey, you know, I said it quietly. I was like, hey, this dude has a gun. I was like, you might want to get in here. And then they just get on the radio and walk away. So I'm not going to rely on them at this point. No, I get that. At least the two that I had, I dealt with. See, I guess after my situation, I am very, very stickler on scenes that like, if there's not a cop on there, I'm waiting half a mile down the road for. Yeah, I cop. get in trouble if I do that. Yeah, I it's just one of those things that like if this situation is already something that is tense and somebody's already making threats on the phone to family and friends or anything like that. No, nah, I'll wait down the road till a cop gets here. Have fun.
at no point is anybody else's life worth more than yours. Yeah. What good am I to anybody else that may get hurt during it if I am hurt? I mean, there's there's different scenarios for everything. You can say that in this scenario, I I could see it being worth something. But you have to, you can't just pick and choose. You can't just carry on one run and not the other. No, it needs to be blanketed. Yeah. And same thing with like, if you wear your bulletproof vest, if you're going to pick up grandma, you still don't know if there's somebody else in that house. No, but if I was given them, I'd be wearing them all shift. There's certain calls. There are certain things like stabbings, Mm -hmm. PD chase, um, shootings, Mm -hmm. multiple of those, um, suicidal ideation, suicidal threat, overdose, whole nine yards. There's a whole list of things that is like, okay, I might put on a vest or I might have the vest handy. And I, I mean, I, for the vest, I am wholeheartedly for, I'm all for things that protect you in that regard. So let's, let's go a direction from like what we believe shouldn't be on truck to what items do you think should be on trucks for safety standpoints? Anywhere from bulletproof vest to stuff while you're on the side of the highway type of ordeal for safety standpoints. I mean, we're bad about putting uh, road flares on our truck. We're bad at, I mean, we don't, we work primarily in Columbus, Ohio, and we don't have vests. I mean, I know that we work primarily in a hospital-based system, but it we still go out to people's homes in these areas. But here's my kicker to that. Look at where our station is. We're in rural Ohio down here. If there is an active shooter situation in rural Ohio down here, the county system cannot handle that many patients. They will more than likely call us in to help. And it's actually been at the tabletop uh, tabletop disaster trainings here in Athens Athens County. Multiple companies would be called. Yes. So from that standpoint... Do I think our outer stations or our stations, at the very least, there should be a cabinet where we have some? I think we should be prepared. Absolutely. But we're not. Because there's nothing saying that we don't get on scene and they're still clearing it while we're all lined up with the county system along with us. And somebody comes outside and just starts shooting. No, I'm with you. And we're in a society today where that could absolutely happen. It's not far-fetched anymore. Like, I hate talking about it and putting that into the frame of thought, but it happens and it's sad, but we need to be better prepared for it. I mean, I don't want to, like, get on the topic of school shootings, but at the same time, like, yes, those are bad, but not many people think about the people that are helping with it. It, We're an afterthought. Like, we're, we work for a private company. They don't think that we're going to need those things and they should probably start thinking that we do, especially with how many of those shootings are happening right now. Like if you look at most of the county services around us down here, we are the backup for a mass incident, mass casualty incident down here. We are the backup for most of those county services when they are overran like that. Now, I've noticed in the past little while, we tend to turn down those runs when the county services are getting overran because we're worrying more about the hospital now. Um, to be honest with you, 
we don't get called very often. Well, I know one county in particular we turned down. Oh, well, yeah. But for the county we're near, like, as not well-staffed as they are, they relatively do cover their areas. It's a rare incident. I think I've only been on one in my time at where we work. I've been on one, yeah. And they don't happen very often. Mm -hmm. But it is one of those things that, even though it doesn't happen often, we need to be better prepared for it. Oh, no, I agree with you. We are, as a private service, we have definitely made leaps and strides. Don't get me wrong with that. We have definitely set the bar higher, especially with the new takeover and everything like that. But there is still, and just like everything in medicine, there's still leaps and bounds to still go. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that there's things that need to be implemented safety-wise and things that definitely shouldn't until the right things are put in place to have them. So, okay. So we talked about bullproof vests, flares. What about helmets? I mean, if we're going to an active shooter situation, I definitely want a fucking helmet. Okay. I, I'm just <laughs> like... I'm, the, here to, the, I'm here to tell you that a helmet's only for small arms and if... If everybody is correct on the news media, which uh, you know my standpoint on that, <laughs> if everybody's correct on the news media, that hel- the helmet and that vesting will help you anyway. I get that, but at the same time, like, you're gonna get I have a vest that tells people, you can't shoot me there, but I got a fucking clear dome. I mean, yes, it's a harder target, but it's still the one they're going to f- try to go for. It, it It's better to have something than nothing. In my opinion, on that standpoint, no wish night vision goggle helmet, though. <laughs> I hate you. I love you. I hate you. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't wish. Yeah, it was you Amazon don't... and I got ripped off. But I mean, like, safety is a big thing in what we do. And there is no clear line of what is safe and what isn't. But to me, it's really clear that uh, guns shouldn't be an EMS until there is enough safety and training and things that go along with it to allow it. Yeah. Like one of my biggest irks is like when you do have police on scene and they don't fully search the person and you get in the back of that six by six squad, four by four, whatever you want to say. And then you find out they have a weapon and it's like, you've screwed me now. I have no place to go. And I mean, that's a risk we take. Um, Honestly, I think anyone in EMS should have at least self-defense classes, like trained in self-defense. Mm-hmm. And mean, I agree with you. It should be vests and brain buckets first. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we're going towards that, your first line is getting bulletproof vests, getting fucking helmets, having a tourniquet for each person on your fucking crew that they carry. Yeah, I think I think the standard is like one or two tourniquets on a truck right now. You should have one for each limb. Uh, but I think the standard for most EMS trucks is quite literally one tourniquet to two tourniquets on a truck, which... On the state checklist, I think it is, too. Uh, okay. Do you know how to make a tourniquet? Yes. Then you got an infinite amount until you run out of your supplies to make them. I mean, yes, it's ni- it's way better to have the commercial one. I get that. But you can use the commercial one for the the more serious shit. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. Yeah, you make standpoint. with what you got. I mean, like from a, a cost standpoint, it, you, you can't $25 afford $25 per cat tourniquet. And you can't afford five of them per truck in each fleet. No, but I believe that. Especially when they aren't used that often. I believe that if you do do vest, 
you should have a carrier on your vest for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you should absolutely have the supplies for yourself or your partner on you. Yes. And that that's not a bad thing to have. You want a life hack? Rubber bands. Oh, yeah. Do There's your holder. Do explain. Oh, like to to hold stuff. Okay. To hold hold the cat. I thought you were talking about for uh, to use them as a tourniquet. I was like, ooh, that sounds fun. I mean, you can if you have enough. Well, yeah, but I'm not carrying around a little baggie of fucking rubber Here's bands in my hold pocket. Hold on, we'll get it sometime. <laughs> hold on. Mm. You know. Give me another bag. <laughs> the only issue would be <laughs> when they bleed. break. No, just replace that shit. That's why you have more rubber bands. Yeah. yeah. We'll start carrying rubber band balls. Postal bands. Either the kids can play with them or reuse them as tourniquets, one or the other. Or you got somebody just bounce them off the back wall of the squad when they're bored and we're not doing anything. Um, I'm not the one who broke the window with my rubber band ball. Just saying. All right. Story time. <laughs> um, at our old station, I made a rubber band ball, huge motherfucker. And one of the other crews got a hold of it and was fucking around with it and threw it at their partner. And it went through the fucking front door window. Uh. And the supervisor just said, fix it. And they replaced that fucking window with like a sheet of fucking, uh, it was literally just like plastic film, but kind of rigid. So it was kind of like the uh, the the actual full packet of ramen noodles in the door. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So my boy Tristan over here broke a door with his foot. By accident. And decided he was going to follow the Facebook trend of fixing things with ramen. And his goal was to just put a pack of ramen still in the wrapper inside the door and then use medical tape to cover the hole. Made it more sturdy, didn't it? I really no. hope you did that as a joke, though. He oh, did. I did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Somebody drew a face on it after that and made it look like it was a wide open mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I missed <laughs> that we station. We weren't nice to that station. No, well, we if they wouldn't have shut the doors, I was coming walking through the door and my foot was out extended as I'm walking through the door and it just went through the door. <laughs> and I was like, what? Where? What? Yeah. I don't know. I, I get that safety is important and I get that. Is there any other safety standpoints that you can think of that you'd want to have on the truck, even you, JD? Javelin AT launchers. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones that shoot up in the air and then... Yeah. I mean, yeah fuck They're yeah. actually fired with CO2 first and then they take off. Is that how that works? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I don't know. I think for the most part, beyond those things, we have what the safety we need. Like, absolutely bulletproof vests, absolutely helmets. Not really, not really guns unless they do what they have to do to make that viable. The only other thing safety wise that I notice that a lot of trucks lack anymore. And it's, I, I don't know if it's on the EM or the county systems as much. I know it is on mine at least flashlights. Do you do your truck check off in the morning? Yes. Do you find the flashlight? No. Did you ask your direct supervisor where the uh, flashlights are? No. Then you're the problem. That's the problem. Every truck has a flashlight on it. He's just got the face of oof. Well, no, I I know that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to give you shit. No, no, I am. It's. But I've brought it up before, like several of our trucks, it's just broke or they disconnected it because it melted something. Well, you're talking about the spotlight too. Yes. Like the hand, we don't need the spotlight, but the handheld flashlights we have them on every truck. If they aren't working, you need to tell somebody. 
Because they are an important safety feature yeah. that we have. And I brought it up before, and they're like, oh, we'll get to it. Like seeing yeah. 30 power lines on the road. Yeah. <laughs> the trash it, truck took down. And that, oh, that is a bad thing is like when you bring up stuff like that, that it's broke. In EMS, it seems like you always get the, we'll work on it. And that's the thing. You make we, them get it. We, we always stop at the first person to tell us no. Mm-hmm. You need to stand your ground. Be like, look, if you can't get it to me, who do I got to talk to to get it? Yeah. I want this thing that will protect me. Mm-hmm. I want this thing that'll keep me safe. We have a safety coordinator at our where we work. We have a guy that's in charge of supplies. All it takes is an email to him, hey, order flashlights. Mm-hmm. If it comes down to the laziness of the people above us, make them not lazy. Make them realize, hey, this is important to me, to you, like in any system you work at. Yeah, and even going back on your road flare things, I think it's actually... You can't be considered a truck, an EMS truck without road. It's flares. part of OMTB inspections, but so, they never ask for it. We don't even have we don't have cones. We don't have any kind of signaling thing, or flares. Yeah, I've to be honest with you, I've never seen flares on a single one of our trucks in the eight years I've worked there. Mm-hmm. I've seen the safety triangles once. That is also considered a road yeah, flare. Yeah, no, I I agree. Some option. I mean, the the safety triangles are the reusable option, and they're the Probably the cheaper option. I would be okay if that was what we had, but we have nothing. Somebody needs to turn a higher up on the what's called pucks. What's that? It's little light oh, flares. The, yeah. LED oh. flares that like rotate. Like, oh, those sound cool. We carry them on the fire trucks. He just wants flares because it's fire. Well, that for me, yes. And I love the smell of fire. You, you <laughs> fucking hit a flare and you just kind of smell it. We carry it. them over at the county service and I always love when I get to use them. Oh, dude, I wrecked my car one time in the snow and uh, state troopers stopped by and he made the worst mistake of his life. Gave you a whole box? No, he uh, put three flares behind my car and then handed me three. And he was like, just in case for the next time. And I'm like, you don't know who you just gave fucking flares to, but thank you. But <laughs> no, this man's hollowing out flares, trying to get all the phosphorus out of them. <laughs> but uh, trying to burn it all in one pile. <laughs> that's a big thing in, in EMS is the even the people in management sometimes are burnout. They're tired of trying to fix every problem. They're tired of being the person that has to do it. And we as the people that are always doing runs should understand that we're in our job, our portion of the job. We're constantly running. We're constantly doing things and we get burnout in their job. They're constantly doing things. They're constantly having to tell people, no, they're constantly having to tell people how to do their job. And that gets tiring. I get it. But at the same time, if we're not willing to excite them, get them on board with something, they're never going to want to do it. Oh, exactly. So it it is it is two sides of the spectrum. If you can't find a fucking flashlight that works, and you, your supervisor's like, "We'll f- we'll figure it out at some point," mm-hmm. that's on you. That's on you to go to them. Like, look, I've asked for this multiple times. I want it. It needs to be done. It is required. If you can't get it, who can I contact to get it? Mm-hmm. Or who can you contact? They they like chain of command, but I don't know. We're we're pretty big on safety where we work. So anything else? There's one other thing that I agree that should that we do lack in some ways. And yeah. 
and I think we're actually switching over to it, but I think we should have portable radios. We are switching. I was actually told about this the other day. We're getting okay. cell phones. Weird. Yeah. I mean, you won't have to use your phone to call hospitals for report anymore, and you won't have to use your phone to call dispatch. And it doesn't bother me that, that It doesn't much. bother me either, but it's good for, like, new employees, so you don't have to be like, here's every phone number you have to know. Yeah. Like, having a phone that you don't have to worry about having your own at work, say your your plan ran out or you, you ran out of money that that month, and, mm-hmm. and then part of your job is fucked over because you can't call or whatever. Yeah, no. Having that responsibility become the company's responsibility is a lot is a lot nicer. Yeah. No, I, I, I can get that point. I just find it weird that we chose phones and not just the radios. Well, because phones are, they can get for probably $500 a pop, but radios are four grand a pop. Yeah. Yeah, they ain't Plus cheap. the membership, plus the, yeah. I mean, for a fleet our size, two radios per truck is millions of dollars. Oh, no, I like, agree. And if they accept phones as part of that accreditation, financially it makes sense to do phones. Mm-hmm. You can replace if a phone breaks, you can replace it for five hundred dollars. Radio breaks, you're either paying somebody to fix it or you're paying the four grand again to get a new one. Hmm, okay. So I mean, from a cost point, it makes total sense. Yeah. From a not looking like a cool ass EMT with your fucking leather radio holder, you know. Far, but oh, I'm sure some people at our at our work at the fire department. Well, that makes sense. That's different. I would use one at. My nine one one job. We work private, but private it just yeah. Unless you're running our nine one one side of our private. Yeah, I mean I get that too, but like rolling around in hospitals with your your fucking radio going around, it's like why not just put a fucking phone in your pocket? They call me if they need me. Yeah, you they you call me you're not my cell phone. We're we're not a county system. We do we do a lot of the stuff county does, but. At the end of the day, we're transport. We're there to tra- get people from one place to the other safely, clinically, and everything in between. No, I agree. I, I mean, the other downside of doing phones is cell service is shit where radio service is good. Yeah. That's a problem. But Which is 90% of the places we go. Yeah. We, as in our station. Yeah. So... I can see the downfall in that aspect, but if they added like a, a a cell phone repeater on each truck or something like that, that would help us on our personal phones Mm -hmm. plus those phones. So, I mean, I don't know. Safety wise, I think they're doing well in most areas. There are some areas that need work and we have a safety committee for that. Most places have a safety committee for that, but no one cares to do it. Mm hmm. So there's, there's absolutely things we can do to fix that. But most of the time, nobody wants to be the one to fucking do it. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Unmedicated. And I think next week, JD will be giving us a topic. What will it be, JD? We're going to be talking about our favorite hobbies. So join us next week to check out what some of our hobbies are. Have a good week. <laughs>